0: Hello again, friends, and welcome to this week's edition of Club Kayfabe Wrestle Talk here on CKCC Radio. I am your host, Chris O'Mealy, joined by my partner in crime, Dan Peck. Major reveal last night on Critical Role. Oh, was there now?
1: Yes, there was. Are you going to share
0: with the class? Again.
1: Spoilers for Critical Role if you don't watch till it hits on YouTube on Monday. I'll give you. I'll let you know when you can come back. Audibly, LOL. Uh, no, just shut your ears for like ten seconds. Starting right now. It's been finally revealed that there is a new character that came in the last couple weeks. NPC character is actually the mother of a character from their first campaign, who they thought was dead.
0: Bum bum bum. It
1: was crazy when the reveal happened at the very end of the episode. Uh, anyway, welcome back, everybody. You <laughs> missed the. Uh, it's safe to come back.
0: <laughs> All right, well. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, yeah. Anyway, uh, we got your weekly vamp of wrestle talk here. Part of the CKCC radio station channel, whatever. We're on Podbean and wherever you can find your favorite podcast. You can also follow us on Facebook and on Twitter. That's your uh, top. Among the shows you can listen to include two of Jeff Trelowitz's awesome podcasts, Ranking Tracks, and Real Paranormal Talk. A new Real Paranormal Talk just dropped. More UFO stories, very interesting stuff there. I want to believe there will be some more uh, J bunny music hub coming out. We're going to go back to the back archives, get some of those uploaded because I believe he was, I I think he was either not feeling well or had like a dentist appointment or something and just couldn't actually do it. Um, There is a new race nerd podcast that will be dropping as well as Matt Hardman did send me his latest episode it's titled you never forget your first time Alex <laughs> well, I mean it's true I never forgot mine just saying of course on the united we fan podcast past episode was about jim carrey movies and mark shouted me out a couple of times because he knows that i cannot stand the Jim Carrey "How the Grinch Stole Christmas," and he cited it as his favorite, and that's great. I'm glad he likes that movie. Let uh, me show you something. I do not. I've watched it three times, and I just I don't like anything about it except for the soundtrack. But
1: I I well, under my
0: issue was is it's a
1: 20 minute story. You don't
0: need to tell it in 90. Here's the thing. I understand why people like it. It's one of those deals where, like, if you like it, I get it. You know, it's not like people who are like, the cat in the hat was brilliant, and I'm just like, oh, it really wasn't. Like, Mike Myers was... yeah. Well, he hated making it. (laughs) There you go. Yeah, so, like, it's one of those things where I get why people like it, and I know I'm in a minority there. You know, like when I talk about disliking Pulp Fiction or Hocus Pocus or Friends or Seinfeld, like I know I'm actually in a minority, and that's okay because not uh, everybody I likes. It. You're
1: not in the minority on a couple of those.
0: I'm also noticing that, like, there's a big a big minority thing as actually being a Big Bang Theory fan now, because there's so many people who are trying to speak out against it and. uh I think the big argument I heard that I disagree with is like so one of my least favorite arguments I ever heard for somebody being against Big Bang Theory was they tried to make it about the laugh track and they said well I don't like shows with laugh tracks because I don't like being told when to laugh and I was like okay well that's fair if you don't like shows with laugh tracks that's totally fair and then I'm like but why is one of your favorite shows How I Met Your Mother that has a laugh track And then they tried to go into, like, this deep explanation about it, and I said, you know, instead of trying to, like, make it seem like your argument is intelligent to try to demean somebody for liking Big Bang Theory, why don't you just say, I don't like Big Bang Theory because I don't like the characters, I don't like the the humor, and the the episodes failed to make me laugh. So therefore I'm not a fan. Because you can't actually counter-argue that. That's a good point. But if you try to make it, like, if you try to, like, make it like a philosophical argument about laugh tracks and then it turns out you love a laugh track show, That to me that doesn't make any sense. And I, I did hear that on uh, United We Fan, I heard Brian did bring up the laugh track in Disliking Big Bang Theory, but I do know his thing was that he felt the laugh track makes the show unbearable because it's that show's specific laugh track and again I can get there's behind like that some
1: too. shows where the laugh track is like every other word and you're just like what the fuck like I, I don't like the laugh track but there's plenty of good shows that I still have them I mean if you're watching anything from the 90s or the 80s it's there because that's what you did in every show
0: Yeah, the thing is like BBT's laugh track is, is legitimate because they actually did shoot it in front of a studio audience in fact that's why some of their outtakes are so great the one time they were making a joke that Sheldon wasn't there and Leonard's like how about this We're going to take off our pants and dance to music in our underwear. And you hear a girl in the crowd go, ew. And then Kaylee Cuoco starts laughing and goes, dude, she just said ew. And they start screaming, get the hell out of our audience. By the way, outtakes on sitcoms are some of the greatest things ever. Like, Mm -hmm. I used to live for, like, like, I'm a big Home Improvement fan, and I lived for the Home Improvement outtakes at the end of every episode. Because some of them were just so goddamn funny that, like, like they were funnier than the actual jokes on the show. Like, when Jill's trying to have a heart-to-heart with Randy because he's upset that Brad's moving into his own room and he doesn't get his own room. And she's like, you know how I felt when I still had to wear a dorky undershirt and my sister got to wear a bra and Randy's just like yeah i can understand that and he just kind of freezes and then just starts friggin laughing hysterically and gets up like jonathan taylor thomas just gets up and runs off the set shaking his hands like no i can't do this line and everybody's just fucking dying sometimes the outtakes are funnier than the actual joke on the show of course there's the famous kim kardashian well, I think she got commoner back in that video. It's a great comeback story, I know. The best part of that is just watching everybody break just when they all realized what he said. Even Nick Offerman and uh I think Jim O'Hare is the best cuz he just starts belly laughing so hard. <laughs> everybody just knew what he was com- what he was going with. Or uh my other favorite Chris Pratt outtake from that is when he's when he gets Nick Offerman to break when he goes on the rant about how he had a he had a giant head as a baby and people would experiment on him. He just keeps ranting until they finally can't hold it in any longer.
1: Then there's uh, on Parks and Rec. There's uh, the filibuster, the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe filibuster.
0: Oh yeah, with
1: <laughs> he just goes for ten minutes about how you can cross over all the stuff that Disney owns.
0: (laughs) So great. Uh, We need, yeah, some of those outtakes are the best. Anyway, this is going to be, this is the longest plug session ever. Uh, Also, Motivational Moves with Adrian Cotton did drop late, but as he said, it's better late than never. It's actually kind of tied in in that way. Right. Exactly, which is what what I actually loved about it. And uh, Bored to Death Binge Cast, I'm sure their new episode will be emailed to me probably as we record this, actually. I'll either then or I'll get it tomorrow. But that's usually how the schedule there works. So you also, gotta... I
1: mentioned that, that, that uh, Motivational Moves was a little bit late because second
0: book came oh, yes. out this, last week. That's right. AWO big time players episode two now on sale at Amazon.
1: And some of the boys already got their copies. I see Sam uh, Maurice with his.
0: Uh, big Jan Batista ordered his. So yeah, it's a it's it's a coming. Maybe maybe we'll uh, we'll bring back. Uh, we shall bring back. Reading Readies and do some of those <laughs> do some big time players and then uh, get some of Jeff's books and do Read and Readies for that mm. but but we can't do the whole thing because then nobody's going to buy it. They're just going to listen to us and that's just not
1: good. The, oh, we can use an official
0: audiobook version hmm. Actually, I've actually talked to both of them about possibly recording an audiobook version of their stuff for them and I would be more than okay with that Pay me them royalties, boys. I'll record anything you want. Where's my closest book? Oh, here we go. All right.
1: Here's my, uh... Pick up. The sight brought a grumble from Drist's belly. He knelt down over one pool, his hand poised to strike. It took him many tries to understand the refraction of sunlight through the water. But the drow was quick enough and smart enough to learn this game. Driss's hand plunged down suddenly and came back up, firmly grasping a foot-long
0: trout. (laughs) I was kind of hoping you were going to pick up a book and just go, The Dursleys were normal as could be, thank you very much.
1: (laughs) And my nearest book was The Legend of Driss, book number three, Sojourn.
0: There you go. Alrighty, uh and uh, i won't have to cover super sexy podcasts cuz y'all already know what that is we'll work on that well, what's that one we review every simpsons ever oh by the way we got some we got some positive feedback for the the watch along version but oh yeah. oh yeah but the the big thing that people heard was they would still prefer if we did a regular re- review and the watch alongs were bonuses so point taken We will. So what we were planning on doing,
1: do okay. You
0: were going to do it anyway, but we experimented with the Halloween episode. People would still prefer the regular thing. So when we do the next Halloween episode, we'll just do it. We'll do that the same way. We'll do, and then that that'll be good too because then we can kind of mix up the commentary a little bit and point stuff out and laugh at stuff. You know how that works. But all right. So last week's trivia question was sent in by Matt Hardman. Which WWE Hall of Famer guest starred in Highlander the series, which kicked off with a sword fight on a roller coaster track? Mm hmm. And my guess was Edge. Nope.
1: Because Highlander the TV show was on in the late 90s, so he would have been a brand new wrestler. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's still possible.
1: Or not even there. It was, in fact, Rodney the Pepper.
0: Oh, yeah put on the glasses yes Yes. Roddy Piper
1: Pinch. was a immoral <laughs> and fought whichever McLeod was on the TV show Duncan yeah so we're going to continue with the guest stars because why not this wrestler did a voice on King of the Hill.
0: I don't know this one. Wait, yes, I do. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Okay. They did
1: not play themselves.
0: Yes, I do know this one. Uh, what episode? I'm trying to remember what episode that was.
1: It's like called Hulk Balkan or something. Like that. It starts with Hulk. Yeah. So I believe the episode's about weightlifting and
0: working out. Yeah, King of the Hill.
1: Come you on, know,
0: man. Bill Bulk and the Body Buddies. There you go. Bill Bulk and the Body Buddies. There you go. It's the name of the episode. We've actually talked about this guy on a previous episode. Actually, the answer to this question and the previous question were
1: both talked about last week in our main event segment.
0: Actually, yes, it was.
1: <laughs> well, of course, you would think a guy that was a great promo would be a pretty good guest star on a TV show.
0: <laughs> uh, good stuff. All right, so we're going to get to some dryer sheet news here, and then Dan's got a really fun main event planned for you guys where he's going to review matches from the SmackDown 6, which is, as you guys might remember, was a Paul Heyman creation where he finagled the rosters so he could get Chris Benoit, Kurt Angle, Eddie and Chavo Guerrero, Edge, and Rey Mysterio all on his show and just booked matches with them going up against each other. Just over and over again.
1: It took a year and a half of that.
0: Yeah, it's 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 some really good stuff. Like, like crazy good stuff. Did you watch them chronologically, or?
1: No, I watched them in an order that was provided to me. Okay.
0: Because what culture had listed them? And I know you specifically took two matches out because they weren't from that era.
1: Yeah, there was a match from 06 and a match from 07, and I was like, so I was going through them one by one, and I was like, there's a match in here that's not. There's another match in here that's not. But then there was only the two. So I was like, "Was typing with you. I'm like, there's two matches. There's a match in here. I don't like that. I want it to be. And then at the same time, we both type. Well, then just remove the other matches. <laughs> Those matches do the rest. We just wrote that to the, at the same
0: time. It's also- a, man- a
1: list of ten, but we're taking eight of them.
0: Right, right, right. Also, uh, the VIP Wrestle Talk show has already dropped. We dropped it early. Ooh. So it's actually accessible right now. We review the Great American Bash 1992. At the time, called one of the best American pay-per-views. And there's a reason for that. We do our rap watch longs. And for patron Randy Moyer, we also book a match of Akira Hokuto and Asuka. So we got a little little women's revolution in there. By the way, to our awesome patrons, especially you high-tier ones, we want to give you guys your shout-outs. So, of course, Adrian Cotton, Jay Winger, Jeff Trellowitz, Randy Moyer, Glenn Kukan. You guys are awesome for continuing to support us. And welcome our newest patron who joined last week. My buddy, my good friend Matt Awesome. Matt McFarlane, aka Matt Awesome. Yeah. I'd very much like to welcome him back into the fold. Matt has been through quite a bit in life. Uh, Quite a bit, actually. But he is... He is here. He is back. He is, once again, a loyal patron. I believe he was a patron in the beginning and then had to leave for financial reasons. But we're happy to have him back. So thank you. And expect to see... And here's some Matt Awesome in the future, because he is one of the highest-tier patrons. So, expect Matt to make some appearances. Alright, uh, let's talk about some dryer sheet news. There is a huge rumor going around, and I've heard this from multiple people, because... It comes cert- around every few months. Yes. So, basically... uh there's a there's a big survey that comes goes around to certain network subscribers and it was very very disney heavy and it's once again sparking the rumor that disney might be a possible purchaser of the wwe and of course if that would happen they would own all the network content that would just be it would just be another american brand that disney would monopolize pretty much Uh, This rumor is, of course, been going around for a while. But it's worth at least exercising the thought of what would happen if WWE went Disney. And I've thought of funny stuff like costume characters in the parks. And also like Anna and Elsa as a tag team which stuff like that could potentially happen. So, again, it's not something I'd put a lot of stock into because it is just coming from these surveys, and I think it is just more or less a, well, they're on the table. Let's see what people think about this. Let's see how Disney-involved they are. But, again, I wouldn't put a lot of stock into this. I would, however, be leery about it. And at least keep one ear on it, because you never know. That would just mean like close down your perform, sell your performance center.
1: You're now at the Disney World World of Sports. (laughs) You know, like the NBA and the MLS is right now. They're set down in the World of Sports area.
0: I mean, yeah, basically. And the thing is, they're already it's already right there. So why not? Of other news coming out this week, Miro, the former Rusev, has contracted the COVID. So, basically, Lana must have been like patient zero because her parents got it and then her husband got it. And her mom is so bad, she's in ICU. I know, it's just terrible. So, good luck to him. Although, I'm not as worried about him as I would be about her parents, but... Yeah, because he is super athlete. <laughs> exactly. Uh, There have been rumors that John Cena's contract Came to an end uh, That has been debunked Nope, John Cena's still there guys He ain't going nowhere He ain't signed anywhere else anyway And this past Wednesday Was the end of the 90 days For those mega releases So start seeing those talents Accepting bookings elsewhere And there are some indies That are running again, so Yes there are Keep an eye out. I'm actually starting to
1: see some wrestlers advertise shows for August and September now, so we might be back in some some smaller places. so, uh, actually, I'm... the uh, NASCAR had did the All Star race with uh, I think only fifty thousand people. You know, in a in a place that holds like uh, two hundred
0: fifty thousand. Yeah. <laughs> so. We're get we're yeah. we're getting there. Slowly but surely we're getting there. And hey, they said if everybody keeps the masks up, we might actually have a hold on it within four to eight weeks. So basically, there is a possibility that if everybody just sucks it up and wears that mask, we could have this thing licked by mid September or at least under control, so we won't have to cancel Halloween. But remember when they were like,
1: Hey, we shut everything down three weeks later, be great. We are now four
0: and a half months in. Yeah, but again, I think that was a big problem with the compliance. And I, I'm i not going to get into that on this show, but... If I haven't gone
1: further than my mailbox since late February.
0: And you don't regret a thing.
1: And I probably would have left the house two or three times.
0: Well, the fun thing... Right. <clears throat> well, I'm essential, so I've worked every... I've worked the, through the whole thing,
1: except for, for a couple of days with a couple panics.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I was uh, potentially exposed, so they they quarantined me, and and then after okay. that, I just
1: wait for your test to come back.
0: Yeah. Wait, wait for them to tell you how good your lobotomy went. Pretty much, yeah. Oh my God. Uh, our last piece of WWE news is that Tegan Knox has officially come out as gay. And she credits Sonya Deville for giving her the courage to do so. Also, uh, Shotzi Blackheart came out as bi, but I don't think that was news. I think I already had heard that somewhere before. But congrats to her. It's, I'm sure it's never easy, but in this hope, hopefully accepting world, and of course I'm very open and very accepting, and I have no problem saying that about anybody. In fact, did I tell you, Dan, recently that I was actually considering uh, becoming an ordained minister to perform weddings, specifically to perform same-sex marriages? Mm-hmm. Like, I was going to advertise that I was going to... F- not necessarily favorite, of course, but it would be I would be a same-sex-friendly ordainer ordained dude and I, I just think performing weddings would be fun I do genuinely enjoy weddings so plus I'd have the power I will marry you you want to get divorced you gotta go to court I ain't dealing with that but I'll do the happy part I'll do so the happy part the divorce is the happy part uh for some people <laughs> Uh, Billy Corgan has set to rest the rumors of sales for the NWA. So, that's not going anywhere right now. And then, uh, DDP and QT Marshall have both tested positive for the COVID. Again, those are not two people i necessarily worry about too much. Despite DDP's age, he still is in good shape. But, again, this is just, it's one of those things where, like, I remember people were saying at the beginning, they're like, do you think any wrestlers are going to get COVID? Like, with the way it's spreading, I'm sure a couple are definitely testing positive. So, I'm actually surprised that I don't know more people who've tested positive.
1: I personally don't know anybody. My mom keeps on telling me people, and I'm like, I don't know that person. (laughs) You know that person.
0: Uh, There is a relative... Who had tested positive and I think I won't say it on the show because I don't want it to, that to be public information, but I think I did tell you
1: oh, yeah, no, yeah, no, who okay. it
0: was. But they recovered. They recovered fully. And so you know, all that good positive juju. All that good positive juju. <clears throat> Uh, but yeah, that's really the only one I've known personally. I mean, I don't—I haven't known anybody, like, around me who's gotten it, so I'm not concerned there. But I do know that I went to, to Sheets for lunch the other day, and there were actually more people in the store without masks than with, and I got a little annoyed by that. Especially because we are under a mandate right now that you have to have them, but people just, you know, people just don't want to do it, but... Not going to get preachy about that, because I don't want to get banned from Podbean, too, so... Fuck it. Uh, Tammy Sitch got arrested again. Good God. What'd she do this time? I don't know. Oh, my God. Just like, I can look it up. <laughs> you know what? No. I don't, it, it's not even worth news anymore at this point. Dan, tell us about New Japan. That's actually fun to talk about. I don't feel like talking oh, about it.
1: New Japan last weekend had the final <laughs> of the New Japan Cup... And then the next day was Dominion. Oh, this here.
0: was this was big. I was I was actually uh, talking to you when you uh, when you watched what happened.
1: Yeah, because usually because I watch when I wake up, but I wake up at, between eleven and noon because I go to bed at two or three, and usually Glenn's been done for two or three hours,
0: <laughs> well, definitely. so Glenn
1: gets to sit there and wait to talk until I start talking in our group chat.
0: What's funny, Glenn messages me and he goes, so I don't want to... Uh, he goes, are you are you going to have time to watch? And, of course, the answer is always no. And I'm just like, no, not in a timely manner. I said, so feel free to tell me what's happening because he didn't want to spoil it for you. And he told me, and I'm like, oh, this is going to be good stuff. So the final match was Okada versus Evil.
1: And fucking Evil wins the New Japan Cup defeating Okada. Uh, and then at one point, there's like a little run-in by Gato and everyone's just like oh yeah Gato's just trying to get at Okada or whatever but freaking so then so then they do the celebration of Evil won the New Japan Cup here's your you know your trophy and everything and then you know you, you, you always wait you always stick around especially at the end of like tournaments don't turn it off always stick around at the end of tournaments because usually the champion will come out and they'll have like a promo off or something will happen so I was like okay cool so first thing I react to is evil freaking wins, right? So I'm just like, doing always cool, like yeah, nice. And yeah, I,
0: I love yeah. evil. Like he's one of he's one of my favorite guys to watch in New Japan. I absolutely love. I love his look. I love his character. I love his work. You love his fiance? Uh, yes. I think we've established that. Um, you love his fiance? Obviously. Uh, she's, she's a champ. Right
1: she's, now she's got her fucking face kicked off by Dakota Kai at the end of NXT list last week. Yeah, but.
0: <laughs> anyway. Which, by, which see, by the win. way, Dakota Kai is heel too, so I don't really know what they're doing with her and Io. Just more heel.
1: Anyway, so. Daito comes out. Because they're gonna do like the face to face and a little promo, and so it comes to the point where he puts up his fist to do the L I J fist thing, and Evil two sweets his fist, <laughs> and he not nails him with the everything is evil, and then freaking bullet club comes
0: out. Evil turned his evil back.
1: Join the bullet club.
0: But that's not even the biggest news to come out of this. That
1: was just Saturday. We're now on to Sunday, where there were three title matches at Dominion. By the way, fans were back for these shows.
0: Yeah, they, they were just were. they were just spaced out.
1: Yeah. Uh, down floor, it was every other seat. Up higher, it was a little bit more spread out. Um, up in the bowl area. Uh, so, title matches went. Shingle retains over show his, his never-open-weight singles title. Uh, but she was making his way back, and El Desperado knocks him down and takes the belt. <laughs> Ooh
0: boy! So he's not the champ, but he's got the belt.
1: Yeah. So El Desperado has the belts, but she goes to champion still. So they're they're wrestling soon. Uh, then tag team title match between Coda and Tanahashi versus the Dangerous Techers, which is tai Chi and Zack Saber Jr. And the dangerous techers win the tag titles.
0: Abusikota. Yeah. I was surprised about that, but I think that's awesome. Tai Chi and Zack Sabre Jr. They are the heavyweight tag team champions.
1: And then in your main event for both titles. Oh, this is where it gets good. Evil makes his entrance. And he's got new everything. He's got new gear. He's got new music. He's got. Even his
0: hair looks different. (laughs) I don't even know if he did anything that anything different and, rem- different. and I remember Glenn immediately pointed out, he's like, "You can tell that this has been planned for a while." Yeah, it's it was not like, like, this, was,
1: this was this was not something they threw together in the last couple yeah, weeks. Yeah,
0: they weren't just like they were just like, "Oh, COVID, let's let's do something here." Yeah, we, we is- don't
1: have half our roster. <laughs> we don't have our A plan or our B plan. Let's do something like no. He had new gear, new entrance, music, new everything, and evil wins both belts <laughs> it breaks Glenn's heart and there's a run in during the match and you think it's Bushi but he's way too jacked to be Bushy. and after he wins the belt he brings the Bushi, come, the Bushi comes in uh, of course you can totally see my rabbit ears um and I just put on that and they takes the mask off
0: and it's fucking Dick Togo Dick to go, Dick to go. We just talked about him recently on uh, the VIP show, didn't we?
1: Yeah, because he was in that. He was in the ECW. Yeah,
0: two man match. Dick to go. Um,
1: so he's gonna make his quote unquote manager and stuff. No, and it's funny because I saw somebody posted like took a picture of part of a, a match that's coming up, and it's like in a six man tag. It's gonna be uh. Taiji Ishimori, Evil, and Dick Togo. And he's like, imagine telling somebody now, a month ago, telling somebody that this is going to be a team. <laughs> oh, it's crazy. So, Evil is now more evil. He's as evil as you can get. He's in Bullet Club, and he's going to be the guy that gets the 20 run ins.
0: And he's evil three belts, isn't he?
1: Yes, technically, he still has a never six man belt. still has one of the never six-man bones. With Shingo and Bushi. So I don't know what they're going to do about that.
0: Yeah, but Glenn had his heart broken because y'all know that's his boy, right?
1: I had Naito retaining through Wrestle Kingdom, bro. Well, at least keeping the heavyweight title. I had him losing the IC. Well yeah, Evil is fully on Evil man. And he's gonna do the healest thing he can in, in Japan and be dishonorable and not and have teammates run in on his matches.
0: So I asked this recently, I just wanted to bring this up uh real quick. What platform were you planning on getting uh retro mania? Were you gonna get it for the Switch or?
1: on Retromania? Yeah. I don't even know, because I don't have a Switch.
0: Your sister does. Yeah. And I'm sure she goes to work. Yeah. And maybe you can play while she's at work. <laughs> I'm sure she's nice, right? Maybe? I don't I'll know. i talked to her about Animal Crossing. That's right. I'm actually friends with her now, so... She could, always yeah. come visit, she could always come visit the island if she wants to. But, uh... Alright, so we got some, uh... We got a fun main event here for you guys. Dan, tell us what you did this week.
1: Okay, so I wasn't watching during the SmackDown 6. Because I was in college and doing other college... I was doing college things, but not those college things. So... And not those other college things either. <laughs> I wasn't getting drunk and laid, and I wasn't going to class either. <laughs> oh, so, uh, so I missed all that, so I wanted to go back and watch it. And it's just like, that's a year and a half of wrestling. Let's uh, try to bring that down a little bit. So what's it going to be? And then it's like, oh, well, what culture is a top ten list? And then, like as we discussed earlier, two of them were one was in 06 and one was in 07. So I was like let's cut those out and let's watch these eight matches. So I watched these eight matches. So what do you think
0: of the SmackDown six?
1: You want to know what I think overall right now? Yeah, these guys were having 2010s matches in, 20, in 2002. yeah, yeah, they were. Um, it was essentially this is this started this was in 2002 so fans were used to shitty ass short and slow Attitude error matches. It had not even been a full year since that shit ended. And here comes six of the best workers at the time that could actually go and go to decent pace.
0: Well, five, five incredible workers and a Chavo. Chavo right. was... No, Chavo was was good, but he is the weakest of that link. In fact... I think he was with them as a worker, but he just didn't have the charisma and everything. No, he was missing that point, because even Benoit figured out charisma.
1: Well, yeah, because there's... Well, there's a one later in this match where Benoit loses, and he gets a five-minute send-off. Yeah. (laughs) So So the first match I watched was Edge and Rey Mysterio versus Los Guerreros from a SmackDown... October 24th, 2002, as a matter of fact, I think four to five of these matches are from this point where they just, SmackDown goes, hey, we want our own tag team match, tag team titles, and we watch like five of these, four or five of these matches are about getting to the title and who is then the contender right right afterwards, and this is one of those matches, because the first tag, well, that match actually comes up later, so I think this is for a shot later against the champions. And this is the this is the first match where I was like, oh, they're just they're working in twenty tens. But it's two thousand and two and right after the attitude era where everyone's got shitty short matches that are slow. And it's fucking great. And this is Los Carreras before they had Latino heat.
0: Yeah, I mean, these guys always delivered. Before they had the, time. you know,
1: the live, cheat, and steel music. This is
0: just like, you know, they're coming out to
1: the, um... Hey, Chica! Latino! He, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good theme, though. It was also Edge before he had the,
0: um... Durango!
1: <laughs>
0: no, I'm pretty sure he did have that. They might have edited that out, actually. No, because there's some there where it does have that. Oh, okay, well...
1: Am I the There's record? like one or two of these matches where he doesn't have it, and then the rest of them he does have that one. Never gonna stop, man. And it's just, they're going nuts, dude. It's just, it's so great. And like how Eddie and Chavo were like perfect partners for each other because it just set each other up perfectly for everything. Eddie Guerrero was my favorite wrestler. Remember that shirt? Yes. And that Chavo wore it? <laughs> oh, man. I remember. It's just a fantastic tag match. Oh, man. Then the next match it did was Ben Juan Angle versus Los Carreros. Benoit Ben Juan Angle. Well, did they have the... Was, this the lead up to the tag titles, or was this after tag titles? I don't remember. Exactly. I, don't, I
0: don't remember how the Rebellion tour worked. Like what its official time frame was. So this was the Rebellion 2002. This was the UK only pay per view,
1: and they had Benoit Angle versus Luis Carreras, and Benoit Angle were the, uh, so they they Carreras were the Guerrero's and they teamed up Edge and Ray, and they and they teamed up the technical guys, but Benoit Angle were the ones that got along the least. Because they are at this point had been in feud with each other for like a year and a half. Because they had like two WrestleMania matches like already by that point, I think. Yeah. They didn't get along, but they won the tactiles. <laughs> and this is Los Guerrero. this is Eddie and Chavo speeding up the two tech guys, right? And the tech guys catching them and throwing them around and putting on holes
0: by the way uh I, I encourage everybody go back and watch some of those uk exclusive pay-per-views that are on the network there are some gems in there that they got
1: yeah they don't matter but then that means the matches are better just like if at a fucking house show you can see some great stuff at a house show don't expect anything groundbreaking and, and important as far as title matches or major moments but you'll see some pretty damn good matches
0: If you want to just watch good wrestling matches, that's. It's the way to do it. You know, they did UK only pay-per-views because at the time they were getting
1: our pay-per-views for fucking free on their regular TV. Of course, they were on at 3 in the morning or whatever the fuck, but.
0: But they were free, yeah.
1: They were free on their TV. Then comes one of the bomb diggity ones because they said instead of doing tag matches, why don't all all four of you fuckers just wrestle with each other? Benoit versus Eddie versus Edge versus Kurt, yeah, SmackDown December fifth two thousand two.
0: Was that was that a single pin or is that an elimination?
1: One of these is elimination. Yeah, even no, I think a tag match was one of the later tag matches. Was elimination. I think this was a single pin. Uh, no, I watched a lot of wrestling Monday. <laughs> <laughs> I watched everything for this show and the Patron show all on Monday.
0: <laughs> yeah, and if you w- listen to the Patron show, you know what a crazy good show that was. So,
1: and I'm watching these guys work freaking eight years ahead, eight to ten, eight to twelve years ahead of their time. <laughs> so this is a straight up to four of them on an episode of SmackDown. I think this is for this is I think is winner gets a shot at Big Show who recently had uh, Paul Heyman fuck over Brock Lesnar for him.
0: Yes, I actually do remember that. So. And
1: this ends with a Big Show beatdown, and he's wearing a mustard mustard suit and shit brown pants. <laughs> <laughs> and this is just, oh, so good. I recommend all these matches. Like, since I had watched, like... 20 matches that day. I'm not going to give you a full breakdown of them. Plus, there's eight matches, definitely really breakdown right now. So, watch some good shit. Then, our, my next match I watched was Eddie versus Benoit from Vengeance 03. Oh, by the way, this is the fun stuff. Um, because of Benoit being involved in almost every match, you get to look at the timestamps and it says, like, Eddie Guerrero fights for the U.S. title.
0: <laughs> yeah I know I noticed that when a uh, triple threat tag team championship match I noticed that when I was setting up uh one of the watch alongs and I went to go jump to match and it was just like Kurt Angle prepares to have a one on one match and I was just like oh oh okay this was for the brand new United States Championship who's gonna be the first US
1: champion Eddie or Benoit well the answer is Eddie So, there's your answer.
0: (laughs) Yeah, because Eddie was the first U.S. champ when they brought it back, and then it was like, oh, this is going to be awesome, and then they gave it to Big Show, like, immediately. I was like, well, what was the point?
1: Yeah, Big Show.
0: Ugh. Good guy, but he was like a momentum killer. He he was a, yeah, he was a, uh, he was a, uh, I was going to say he was a heat, he was a heat repeller. He just didn't have the heat he could have had.
1: Uh, if you want to see some Eddie and Benoit, that's better than the match that didn't somehow come together at the one night stand. You can watch this one.
0: Yes, the vengeance match is excellent.
1: Then at Survivor Series 02, which, yes, this is the show that has the first Elimination Chamber in it, the ring was already covered in blood. <laughs> And we get to this match in the middle of the show. Edge and Rey Mysterio versus Kurt Angle and Benoit versus Los Carreros, Three-way for the tag titles
0: at and, Survivor Series. And Kurt and Chris were the champs. Yes. Because that was, that was part of the thing was like they they didn't get along at the time, but of course they were the they ended up winning the tag belts.
1: And so it was already blood in the ring, and it's at MSG, so it's the weird thing where you're looking right down the entryway. Oh, yeah.
0: You know what else happened at that Survivor Series? Matt Hardy and Chris Nowinski were sharing a moment in the ring and Scott Steiner came out and beat the shit out of both of them. All mm. of if you hear me. Uh, unfortunately, we heard all heard him. This match was nuts. Because it had all six of them
1: involved. They tore the house down. And this is when Ray
0: Ray gets the pin. And they and Edge and Ray are the champs now. I know. Ray
1: gets the pin.
0: Yeah, they were champs for like a month because they won it at No Mercy and lost it at Survivor Series. But uh, this was the, this was a literal showcase of the SmackDown Six. And now it's time for
1: Curtain versus Chris Benoit at Royal Rumble 2003. This might be their best match that's not at WrestleMania. That, uh, one of their couple of Wrestlemania matches
0: so one of the things I want to do at some point and I'm going to uh, I'll eventually go back and start working on it is I'm going to f- I'm going to do the top 10 uh, matches that took place at the Royal Rumble that of course aren't the Rumble itself because mm-hmm. this is one of them this this is like this is top three
1: it's like and, this one
0: and the street fight I think and I mean because this was this was around the time when people were really starting to get behind Benoit as a singles Cause after this match, that freaking ovation that he gets. Yeah, is so Kirk nuts. retains, but Benoit gets a freaking ovation from the MSG
1: crowd as he li- and he does the, the chest pound and the arm up, and then I, everyone's like, yeah. "I
0: I respect you, Booker Booker fans." I think I'm nuts for that shit.
1: So good. I have say this is probably their best match besides, like, I think their sing- the singles at WrestleMania might be their best
0: match together. I th- I think this one might be better. But I'd have to watch... Maybe I'd have to watch them back-to-back to try and come up with it. Oh, yeah, that Eddie Benoit match
1: from Vengeance two matches ago? That's the one that ends with Rhino turning on on Benoit. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And then he's like, whatever, I'll fucking pin him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: because ben, uh, Benoit and Rhino were a tag team for a while.
1: Yes, they were. God, God into the
0: man-beast
1: Rhino. Cuts him in half with a gore, gore, gore.
0: The Rhino Damn. and the Wolverine.
1: These matches were so good that fucking Michael Cole on commentary was pretty good.
0: I actually think that when Michael Cole is really into what he's watching and what he's calling, he can be a good commentator.
1: When he had Prime Taz, and Taz liked what he was doing too, so he was—they were both motivated and liking what they were watching at the time. Next match was Edge versus Eddie on SmackDown September twenty-six, two thousand two. This is a culmination of a feud, so they gave them a no disqualification no holds barred whatever the fuck match and they just beat the shit out of each other
0: (laughs) oh there you go
1: it might be their best match
0: I remember this one specifically it's so good I remember watching it live and just being like you you know that feeling when you know you're seeing something special in a wrestling match like, that's one of those ones where I actually had that. So.
1: And the last match I watched was Edge and Rey Mysterio versus Kurt Angle and Chris Benoit,
0: No mercy.
1: 2002. I think this was the one that was actually, like, the first tag title match. For this battle. was the
0: culmination of the, of the series, yeah, to actually crown the champs. And.
1: They wrestle and it's good. So yeah, SmackDown Six is as good, maybe better than people remember it.
0: Well, that's just it. Like, there's, I, I've said this before, and I think uh, I think there are some people who get a lot of stuff confused, and like, one of one of the main reasons why I've said negative things about certain wrestlers that are darlings is because I do genuinely feel like when they get exposed, they. You know, they get out of the environment where they were having their great matches. You suddenly realize that the reason their matches were so good is because they were working with people who could make them look good. And then suddenly you start realizing that, oh, maybe they themselves aren't good. But these are guys who were known for making people look good. When when people are like, oh, name some of the best workers in the business. Like I remember, even in training school, Justin Glory being like, the guys you really want to pay attention to are Eddie Guerrero, Chris Benoit, Kurt Angle. He said they're the, they are the best of the best because they are they are the they were always the perfect example of guys who understood the business, could have psychologically sound, fantastic wrestling matches that looked like real sports based matches. But also give you that excitement of insane athleticism and high spots and could make everything make sense. Because I've said this before, a, a great worker with no excitement and no charisma can lead to downfalls, which was always a big issue that Lance Storm had so much that they turned it into a really shitty angle. That took place at the, the uh, MSG show that we reviewed on the Patreon like, that friggin', the, the boring land storm shit. Drove me nuts. That, that- drove
1: me nuts, because I had seen him actually do good work, and cut decent promo. He did better in fucking WCW, for yeah. crying out loud. Yeah, he did. Couple of people and, did. and this is like, the fact that, like, guys like Austin were like, like, Austin, your your thing is to shit on him, but not shit on him in a way that he can come back from. Shit on him in a way that his fucking career is over, and and he's just like, Awful. yeah, sure, what? You're boring. And you're just like, really awesome. You fucking were okay with that? I wouldn't have been okay with that. I was like, I'm just shitting on this guy. He doesn't get it. He's not ever going to get a chance to come back from that.
0: And then you have a guy like, uh, like a Leo Rush, who I always thought was a perfect example of a guy who could do some pretty athletic and exciting things, but he didn't have good basics and fundamentals. So... His exciting stuff only looked exciting if he had somebody to carry him or the crutch of a stipulation. But when he was out there by himself, like when they gave him that cruiserweight run, you started realizing that, oh, damn, this guy's not nearly as good. And, of course, a lot of people always write that off as, well, WWE ruined him. Like, no, they didn't ruin him. They just exposed him. And there's there's lots of people who are like that. I mean... I actually think the best example is the Sandman. We all loved watching the Sandman in ECW, but when Hack showed up in WCW, he was fucking awful. Because you suddenly realize this guy really didn't know how to wrestle. He was just an excitement guy. And, you know, there's... But these are all guys... The SmackDown 6 were all guys who got it and who could go... You know, they all had, they all had excellent cardio, so they could have long, exciting matches. They could, I mean, when we think about Brock Lesnar having exciting matches, whenever it was just like, oh, that was a good Brock Lesnar match, it was always who he was with. Because he wrestled Kurt Angle, or he wrestled John Cena in in a shocking way, or he was involved in a John Cena, Seth Rollins triple threat. Those were exciting Brock Lesnar matches. Or he got destroyed by Goldberg, which I remember you and I both watched that live when it happened and laughed hysterically. Like, I think, I, I think we messaged each, each other LOL in capital letters when it happened. But when people think about it's hard to come up with a bad Kurt Angle match unless the opponent sucked. A bad Benoit match, a bad Eddie match, even a bad edge match, a bad Rey Mysterio match. Like they they are they're rare. It depends on who the opponent is. So I think I think there's a lot to be said about the SmackDown six and how exciting they were, and they were very much ahead of their time, as Dan pointed out. So yeah, I'm. I'm glad you got to see. Meanwhile,
1: some of that. Raw was Raw. all about Vince and fucking Ric Flair.
0: <laughs> no, late 2002 was the start of the Triple H terror run with the yeah. title, because he he started getting his run as champ. He let Sean have it, then he won it back from Sean, and then he went on his terror burial run. He had those well, he shit beat matches.
1: Everyone from WCW. While he wore pink tights and white boots.
0: Good lord. Purple. I mean, purple trunks and white boots. The purple trunks was so insulting. Yeah, his... That was the big... The big problem with Raw was Triple H. I don't... Raw could have been an exciting show, but the Triple H stuff was just terrible. And, like, for a three-hour broadcast, having Triple H waste 20 minutes may not be a bad thing, but on a two-hour broadcast, when Triple H wastes almost 25% of the show by just ranting, you're just like, uh, I can't do this. I remember one time they even cut to commercial during his promo because he ran so long. Nobody saw a problem with that. (sighs) Yeah, so, a lot of cool stuff to talk about this week. And again, I gave some uh, shout-outs here to, uh, Uh, One thing I was thinking about doing For future Chris Ranks the Universe episodes That I think would be fun And uh, Dan you might even Get behind a couple of these I was going to go back And watch some old classic Nicktoons Specifically the Nicktoons That I was a Was a fan of And rank Them by season Well rank the episodes by season Now when you look at the list of Nicktoons it's impossible to do all of them because there's especially a lot of those uh, those newer shows, which I really didn't see. But to anything go...
1: from like the turn of the century on is pretty much lost to me.
0: Yeah, there you go. That, that's yeah, it's true. Um, <laughs> but I specifically will do Doug, uh, the Nickelodeon run of Doug. Rugrats at least the first 3 seasons cuz I think Until there's a movie until
1: the first movie probably.
0: Well, I do remember it's the the initial run cuz they did a uh, they did 3 seasons and that was syndicated for a while and then they finally came back with new episodes for season 4. Yeah, it was like a uh, Yeah, I think there was a that was where the gap was. So that was a big. That was a big thing. Was I? I was kind of falling out of Rugrats at that point, and the new episodes didn't really register the same way. So I probably might only do like three of those. Uh, Ren and Stimpy for sure, definitely the Nickelodeon run. I will not touch the adult cartoon because the adult cartoon legitimately insulted me at the fact that it was just like. They, they 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 made it through three episodes and just like, yep, that's uh this is as terrible as it can. The only good thing it did was they the band Nickelodeon episode made the cut. Literally the only good part there. But the uh but old Ren and Stimpy would, would make the cut and they debuted the same day. Doug Rugrats Ren and Stimpy in that order on august eleventh, nineteen ninety one. I will do the entire runs of *Rocco's Modern Life*, *Real Monsters*, and *Hey Arnold* because I am mega fans of those shows.
1: Sorry, what? What was this, McGowan?
0: I'm not doing it. All right, I'll do it just for you guys. Ah! *Real Monsters*. <laughs> Happy? God damn it! Uh, I will do the entire run of those three shows because I loved all three of those shows, and I own the complete series on DVD, so they will be super easy to watch. Uh, I would love to do Kablam, but it's really a variety show, so it's a little bit harder to rank those unless you just do the shorts. And even then, when it comes to the shorts, the ones that always hit were... uh, Action League Now was really the best part.
1: man with the power to melt.
0: I love the Prometheus and Bobs. Those made me laugh hard. Uh, the offbeats could be amusing. Life with Loopy could be amusing, and Snow could snizz and fondue, but they weren't the best. And then when they would start doing some of the other stuff, like, I didn't get into Angela, Anaconda, and I know she got, like, her own thing out of that. And I remember there was a bunch of other stupid stuff that didn't really work, and I was just like, eh, I'm not really, uh, not really feeling this one, so it kind of fell off when, when that stuff wasn't good, um, I'll, I think I might tackle Angry Beavers, even though I did like the show, but I didn't like it as much as the other shows that I already mentioned, but it would still be in my top 10 if I was ranking it, uh I will not do cat dog. I never got into cat dog. Wild Thornberries, I was a filthy casual, so I can't really I might tackle it just for fun. Um I'm not doing SpongeBob, I'm not a Spongebob fan. Again, I get why people like him, not for me. I didn't fully get into Rocket Power, so I probably wouldn't do that one. I never watched As Told by Ginger. But I will, two I will absolutely tackle will be the Fairly Odd Parents and Invader Zim. Now, Fairly Odd Parents ran way longer than it needed to. So I will probably review them until they jump the shark. So I'll probably do the, uh. Prob- maybe, like, maybe like season one through. Is uh, uh, seven when they jump the shark? Whenever they introduced Poof, is when it got bad. And I discovered, I did not watch Invader Zim when it happened. I discovered it later in life, but I decided I really liked it. And after watching the whole series, I still haven't watched Enter the Floor Piss, but after watching the series, I was like, yeah, this is, this was good stuff. This was good stuff. And I will do that one. After that though, I've pretty much fell out, but I have been told repeatedly to give Danny Phantom and Avatar The Last Airbender a try. And I will do both of those and actually watch those. And of course, with Airbender, I will follow it up with Legend of Korra. But I'm looking at the list here, and I'm just like, yeah, no, nothing else is pretty much gonna register with me. So you know,
1: Cat Dog, I was done after the first episode. It was like first cartoon was like the dog half does dog stuff that makes the cat half. Ha- Angry, and the other one was like the cat does cat stuff that makes the dog angry, and I'm like, oh, that's the show. you guys are done after one episode. <laughs> it's like it's like he t- the dog chases the garbage truck or whatever, and the cat likes some kind of pizza or some shit like that. Yeah, it's just like oh, I get it. Yeah, I get show it. over.
0: <laughs> Show's done. Uh, yep, I mean I, I I get it. I get it. I remember they didn't tell you what CatDog was in any of the advertising. So I was just like, I don't know what this is, but I'm going to watch it because it's a new Nicktoon. And I remember in the intro, it turns out that they're joined. I was like, I was like, I hate this already. Like, I gave it a shot, but I hated it pretty much immediately. Do
1: you remember the things for The Naked Chef?
0: Ah, God, why does that ring a bell? Do I I want to remember this?
1: It was for like a Food Network show, The Naked Chef. Coming Saturday, the first episode of The Naked Chef, <laughs> and everything. And you knew that like it's not going to be somebody naked doing stuff. In the end, it was just that fucking that one guy, and he's just like, "We're going to make things with no frills, you know, naked." Uh-huh.
0: Yeah,
1: like, yeah. It's like, hey, you want to know a bigger, bean switch bullcrap? Remember when the the a couple years ago when they're like the guy's gonna get eaten live by an, uh, anaconda? Watch it on the Discovery Channel on Saturday. Which would probably kill the anaconda. And they the anaconda was not interested, and they had to just quit. <laughs> uh, oh god! It's a crazy. Remember when
0: s- Aldo had the safe? <laughs> Dude, these crazy, I, stupid gimmicks that people come up with, like, just, just don't. Geraldo had
1: Al Capone safe. I, I'm, too, I'm too young for that.
0: <laughs> I remember that, yeah. I'm old
1: enough to know the references to it, just like Geraldo having his nose broken. I remember the, I know the references to it, but I don't remember it
0: happened. You've yeah, always got a kick out of that because it was such a big disappointment
1: yeah that was the big thing. It was we have his name, and what's in there? nothing just just nothing.
0: There is Jack all in there. nothing for you. All right, so I guess that's the show for this week. <laughs> no, we're gonna do something about the women's revolution, yeah put it back where it belongs in the kitchen. <laughs> oh god.
1: All right. I mean that's the gimmick really is.
0: Uh, that actually is part of the game, yeah.
1: You you wanted us to come up with a gimmick that would set the women's rev- revolution back <laughs> 10
0: or so years maybe. Come up, yeah, basically give me an original gimmick for a female wrestler that is just fuck awful. So, here's our first one.
1: Erica the Red. She, inconveniently, is always on her period every time she's booked.
0: Oh, God. Right away, you're just like a cool pirate gimmick? Nope. Didn't... Who did did that freaking tampon spot that was disgusting? Priscilla Kelly. Oh, yeah. Still mad at her for that. Ugh. Erica the Red, yeah, that would just be. That would so knock it over. She can't. She can never win a first blood match. Jesus Christ! I mean, that's points right there.
1: We got ourselves some points added here. Our next one is Michelle Menstrual her menstrual cycle automatically synchronizes with who she's in a feud with.
0: That was really close to the entry before it. So. But I I do like that they went a different direction. However, I'm disappointed. I'll go ahead and give you points, but I'm a little disappointed that you did that right after another period joke. It is. It is a wonder how like they spend so much time
1: on the road together. Like, aren't they all already synchronized? Yeah, it's gotta be crazy, dude. I'm sure they have all kinds of things that that they do and to make sure it isn't an issue or is those L- an issue. Things that could probably be helpful to other women, but only these athlete women
0: know it. <laughs> <laughs> do you do you remember the? Uh... I don't know if I did that in the Road Stories book, but they had the uh, the incident where Jackie Gaeta, Victoria, and Gail Kim had to share a king-sized bed in a hotel room because it was all that was left. So they're just like, you know what? Screw it. Let's get some wine and give each other facials to make themselves feel better. And they started watching, like, a porn in the the hotel. And then one of them is like, you know what? Just think, all those guys out there fantasize about us being together. And here we are. Wearing mud masks and watching porn. I bet this is everything they've ever dreamed of. And they all just had a big laugh about it. But then the story gets even funnier because, like, the next day they discover that uh, Shane, RVD, and Bubba were just sleeping in their car in the parking lot. And they're like, hey, guys, let's go get breakfast. So they all go to breakfast together. And they end up late getting to their flight because Gail Kim special orders her omelette with no cheese. And then Gail Kim gets through the... (laughs) Gail Kim gets through airport security, gets on the flight, and everybody else gets screwed because they get held up by Bubba failing to go through security. The plane takes off with Gail, and the five of them are left behind, so they're just like, all right, well, I guess we'll just rent a car. And they basically got, like, they got to the point where... Van Damme and Bubba are like holding up their t-shirts as so Jackie and Victoria can get changed in the car because they basically pulled up to the arena had to pull up in full gear and just get right out there and they said they run it. They run into Gale who's just like oh hey guys and Jackie and Victoria are like listen the next time you order a fucking omelet if it comes with cheese you're fucking eating it because <laughs> it was Gale's omelet that fucked them over and yet she got on the plane and none of that. Sounds like it was Bubba that fucked over. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God.
1: All right. Our next one is Steffi Stepford. Name says it all. Yeah, it says it all. Points. Steffi Stepford. I had to read this next one like five times before I realized exactly what it was, so I'm going to do this for the benefit. <laughs>
0: Oh my god. You're gonna read it five times? No. Angie Mima.
1: She's serving up more than flapjacks. It'd
0: <laughs> be even worse if they cast a white girl in that part. Uh that would definitely set some stuff back, that's for sure. That's points.
1: First, I was like, had that, like, is that an I or an L for a while when I was reading it? And then I was like, what's what's Angie Mima? I'm like, oh, wait. It's an Aunt Jemima joke. Okay. Up next. Mama Cass, a morbidly obese woman who throws punches and splashes that aren't S-A-W-F-T... Often seen carrying a ham sandwich in one hand and talking mm. about how Baker's son is.
0: I don't think that that was necessary to be that long. Really? Because I think the second half is the funny part. That's what's saving
1: That's what's saving the entry, actually. Because the actual Cass died choking on a
0: ham sandwich. I do know that, yeah. <laughs> hey, you know how I learned that? from me probably making a joke about it from Austin Powers uh-huh. where he's crossing off all the people he knew that are dead Jimi Hendrix deceased drugs Jimi Huffa deceased alcohol Mama Cat oh Janice Joplin he goes Mama Cass deceased ham sandwich yeah that that saves you going to the uh, to get get you your points but even though you're basically just doing Mama Cass so
1: But also is also calling Pickass's mother. Same thing. Our next one is the Karen Squad. Their entitlement will crush all competition or they will just bitch at it.
0: <laughs> the Karen Squad. Good lord. I wonder how my Aunt Karen feels about that. That her name is just synonymous with by the way, I just want to point out that there are, like, there are definitely Karens in my area that do, like, the entitled stuff in some of the places, like, the, the rare places that I actually do venture to in public now. And it's just so terrible. Like, it's so bad. That's funny, though, the Karen squad. Oh, my God. <laughs> we want to speak to the promoter. Karen! 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 Karen!
1: Oh uh, no! They have to all have there the names. We are the Karen Squad.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, they—they have to all have the names too. Karen's the leader, but there has to be the Carol, the Sharon, the Susan. Like all the all the names got to be represented. I like the Karen Squad. I'm gonna I'm gonna make that the earmark. We're gonna do an earmark there. All right, earmarking that shit.
1: Our next one, Camille Toe. Don't let her suck you in.
0: Oh God. Now, it depends on who's playing this. Because if it's like Liv Morgan, I'm all about it. If it's Nicole Bass, then no. Points. Our
1: next one is Skanky Frankie, Head Ring Rat and Master of the Sloppy Shop.
0: (laughs) A Ring Rat gimmick would be friggin' brilliant. That's points. I know a couple rats.
1: We are now at the Chase Owens countdown.
0: You didn't do it right. You gotta say it right. You made me go, go retcon real monsters, so you need to do it. I need I need to do the gimmick? Yes.
1: Damn it. It is now time for the Chase Owens.
0: Thank you. By the way, I need everybody to rank how I did Ah Real Monsters as the, the Ah part because I thought it was terrible. So our next one is Dyke
1: the Cum Dumpster Drosy. Oh my
0: god Wow That's an earmark Fuck
1: <laughs>
0: Earmark for Dyke cum dumpster drossy. There's a, uh, there's a horrible contradiction in there, too, which makes it really funny. Oh, God damn it.
1: Our next one is Mother Superior, the nun from hell.
0: So, like, I'm going to give this points, but I actually think an evil nun character would be cool. I don't know if that would actually set anybody back. I actually might be down with that. That would be something you could get away with in like an underground promotion. An evil nun, a heel nun. Adrian, are you listening to the show? I know you are. Just going to throw that out there. AWO is pretty underground. But they have big time players. They do. They're big time underground.
1: Our next one is Bonnie B. Nails. She cries in palace when she breaks her
0: nails. (laughs) Have you ever known a girl who did that? Who legitimately, like, if she broke a nail, like, actually cried? No. Okay, I knew one in high school who legitimately cried because she broke a nail in gym class and it was the most awkward thing ever. Like, it was so friggin' awkward. Because this is, like, high school. So seeing anybody, like, actually cry in high school was weird, girl or not. And just, like, uh, uh, like just sitting there, just, like, groaning, like, oh, come on. Like, what is happening right here? And, like, it was one of those girls that... You, oh, everybody knew was snooty and had, like, the attitude and everything. So it made... I think it actually made it worse. Because people were like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. But, like, nobody would dare make fun of her to her face type of thing because it would just be a disaster. But you know what? We all talked about it. We all talked about it. That's I
1: know a girl that refused to do weight room for gym class because she didn't want her tits to get any smaller.
0: That's awesome. That could have been a good gimmick. Alright, so that is points.
1: I'm not doing a bench press, so this freaking works out my chest. I like my boobs smaller.
0: Yeah, okay. Whatever you say, honey.
1: I mean, she didn't have much of a personality, but she had some personalities, if you know what I mean.
0: <laughs> I knew a couple of those, too.
1: It's what? not the penultimate entry. Camstar Amber won't get into the ring until you subscribe to her OnlyFans. Oh, God, that's topical.
0: <laughs> Camstar Amber. Uh, Yeah, that's points.
1: And I'll now, see. the final entry. Is gel
0: Bait Jenny. She says she's 18. Oh, so basically every indie girl who from a state with a strict age limit jet that probably would have happened in the uh oh god what's it called the uh 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 like the 70s and everything when people lied about their ages mm. yeah Ugh. yeah that's entrapment that's points All right, you had two earmarks. Uh, you know what won. You know what won. Dyke the cum dumpster won. That's disgusting and terrible, and is that that is going to set women's wrestling back decades?
1: Well, that's a win to Dandal who apologized upon making his entry. <laughs> yeah, you t- you should apologize for that. Which gives a bonus 25 to Matt McFarland. Hey, there he is. Do a quick copy pasta for you. Thank you. So you can eventually update the points sometime in the century. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. All right, everybody. That's just, that does it for the episode. But hey, Chris is doing something special tomorrow. What are you doing tomorrow, Chris?
0: So, if you guys are familiar with, uh, I, I, I don't think people are from outside of like the Northeast Pennsylvania probably know what I'm talking about. If you're a
1: NEPA, NEPA boy, you don't understand
0: this shit? Well, I have two, I have two announcements. Uh, but the uh, Tornado Tag Podcast, out of Frackville. Shout out to... That is a
1: sign I remember seeing.
0: Shout out to my old roommate, Becca, who's actually from Frackville. Um, it's hosted by Anthony Blackwell, who does a lot of NEPA media. And we actually met... At the GSW show, uh, one last time at uh, at the uh, the True Mill, he was there. He uh, he did like a, he did like some live stuff for us. Helped promote the show. Really good guy. Um, he has an entire an entire network. It's the IWEP networks. So you can find that on Apple and everything. And I will be appearing on the Tornado Tag podcast to discuss wrestling podcasting and Disney it's going to be a triple threat there I asked him uh, well I actually when I approached him about it I said I really want to do I really want to do like the Disney stuff and he goes well I'll put you on Tornado Tag so we can talk about wrestling and everything and the podcast he goes but then uh, I said do you want to incorporate that because he also has a show called uh, Interviews with Everyday People which was the original concept of my Jersey Range show that's defunct, but an idea I did want to resurrect at some point. And I said, would you rather save that for that? He goes, no, we'll do it all at once. So, yeah, you guys can tune into that. We're going to record tomorrow. We'll be doing it via the Zoom gimmick. So my wife's actually going to do my makeup for me so I can look all pretty for the camera. Ooh. and uh
1: fucking goes intense, bro.
0: When yeah. I know the... Clown. Yeah, but it's on Apple and all that. Look for the IWEP. And then if you look for IWEP Network, you'll be able to see that like the Tornado Tag stuff is there. But there's a lot of really cool interviews with uh, with people. Like Kit Raff appeared on Episode 12, and you, he's done a bunch of stuff for GSW and is actually getting pretty big now on the indies. So, you know, that's one of those cool things to check out. Um, and you can actually follow the Tornado Tag podcast itself on Facebook. They actually provide some pretty cool status updates with news and everything. Like like there, it's like following a page like the 434. They provide some pretty cool news and do throw opinions in, and then they always like they talk about how uh, nine years ago today, as we record this, Dan, actually nine years ago today was the uh, the John Cena CM Punk five star match at Money in the Bank 2011. Ooh. That's on my list of uh of great pay per views to review, by the way, for the VIP show is Money in the Bank twenty eleven. Um, but you know, like they'll put they posted the news about Tegan Knox. They do help promote like the Chris Jericho, Kevin Smith, Shimon Down, Throwdown, and uh like I said, Anthony Blackwell's a really cool guy. But uh it'll it'll be a pleasure to appear on his show, and I told him I would reciprocate. And have him on a future episode of Club Cafe Wrestle Talk to to be kind of interviewed. He could be like the main event of the show, and then we'll do some news and stuff, and get his opinions on everything. And I think it's always fair to do the reciprocation. In fact, I remember I had even I remember I think I had offered the Sidecast crew when I appeared on Sidecast uh, an opportunity to come on one of our shows. And they did not. Uh, they never actually followed through with that. And uh, I know, I know they are back out there doing stuff, but uh, they didn't follow through with that, and that's that's fine. Like, because I think the only the only big wrestling people were Keith and Capcom anyway, and like Mel kinda knows wrestling, but also kinda doesn't. So, so it's it's cool. But if they ever did turn around and be like, hey, be cool to sh- appear on one of your shows, I'd I'd let them. I think it's. Uh... I think that's fair. And then, of course, right here on our very own CKCC radio, the United We Fan podcast will be doing an episode on the Disney parks. This is topical to what I'll be talking about. And I will be appearing on that episode. So I will join Mark and Brian to discuss. You
1: worked at Disney? Shocking. It's probably like the second or third thing I knew about Chris.
0: (laughs) It was like it was like
1: Pat and Robbie, and oh, it's our friend Chris. He's a heel and ring announcer because he wears sunglasses. He worked at he works at Disney.
0: Well, there were three things. What was the third thing? It was yeah. It was like this is Chris. Oh, that was the first thing. Yeah, that's my name. I guess, I guess that's a fair thing to uh, to know first. He's a heel
1: and ring announcer because he wears sunglasses.
0: He works at Disney. <laughs>
1: Because this was like twelve years ago
0: <laughs> when I learned learned about you, and in fact, literally twelve years ago is when I first started working at Disney. So, yeah, uh, we were originally going to do the uh, the tornado tag interview back in May because May would have been you know all the anniversaries fourteenth uh, for my debut, fifteenth for Wrestle Talk, and nineteenth. Uh, for the move and 21st for starting work at Disney so that was like May is like the the, the big anniversary month there but May uh, 19th exactly but COVID happened and that delayed a lot of stuff and there were a lot of disarray so it's cool to be able to just get on and to have fun with this and I hope you guys will tune into the show of course I'll post it in the group so so have a Enjoy the uh enjoy what's to come and, and check out the United We Fan with me. We'll see we'll see how much of a ratings booster I am for the United We Fan podcast. <laughs> P- perhaps I will and perhaps perhaps I will be a ratings vacuum and just s- and maybe I'll be the destruction of the show. Shit. Show killer. <laughs> show killer. Uh, I will, I, yeah, I will definitely tell tell uh, Mr. Blackwell the story of how I became the heel ring announcer and sunglasses, and how just absolutely ridiculous it was. And
1: in about an hour or two hours from now, Tom Waller makes his New Japan debut by murdering Rocky
0: Romero. There you go. And as we said, the VIP show's already up. You got an early start to your weekend, so... Enjoy, guys, and we will check. We will be back next week for more Club Kfabe Wrestle Talk here on CKCC Radio and wherever you find your favorite podcasts. We are out of here. Bye.